I think I shall move on uh, because, well, actually, this is very interesting as well. I've never seen anything like what's going on with Fens at the moment. And it would seem that people are being told not to speak out. They are putting signage all over their fire stations and their fire engines as well. Todd Muller is the National Party MP for Tauranga and joins us here on the Weekend Collective. Todd, good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you, Ramon? Yeah, look, very well, thank you. I've never seen, in my 53 years, Todd, I've never seen anything like this with our, our good people from the fire service, from Fens. Um, have you? Mm. No. Well, we're the same young age, 53. Mm. Uh, years ahead of us. Look, um, serious point. Uh, look, they uh, incredibly um, undervalued uh, from what I can see. I mean, and incredibly angry and frustrated. And I can understand why. Because when FENS was created, and some, you know, I'm sure a number of your listeners will remember, about five years ago, close to six years ago, the old fire service and rural fire combined to create this fire and emergency New Zealand. Uh, money was tipped in at, the, at that stage, and they were uh, expecting to have a budget by uh, about this time of $450 million, and instead they have a budget of 660 Ramon. So there's... $220 million more in their operating budget. They'll spend $100 million a year, roughly, in capital expenditure over the last five years. And I talk to firefighters, and frankly, they say, well, where's the money gone? It hasn't reached us, uh, either in terms of our working conditions or even our engines. You know, too many of them conk out. We don't have the right appliances. It just seems a schmuzzle, frankly. Mm. And, I, read, um, I read some media from you today yeah. saying that FENS does have a total revenue of $661 million this financial year. Is that money yeah. literally sitting there not being spent? No, it is being spent, but the question is what on? Uh, and it's an, it's an unusual organisation because it only gets um, a relatively small government top-up um, each year, roughly about $10 million. The rest of it comes from our uh, levies on our motor vehicle insurance. Uh, our houses, of course, have a uh, levy associated with it and particularly commercial property. We all contribute as private individuals uh, through the insuring of our uh, assets to the running of FENS, and they sort of carry on without any real scrutiny, in my view. They don't get the sort of treasury oversight that would normally be the case of a half-a-billion-dollar organisation. Uh, they just rock up to the minister once a year and says, this is what we're going to spend the money on. Mm. My point is that if you talk to a firefighter, they say, you know, well, where, where is it for us? Like a qualified firefighter starts on twenty six bucks seventy eight cents an hour. I mean, does anyone listening think that that is an appropriate uh, starting salary for a qualified firefighter uh, who risks, uh, you know, their life, but also think of what they do. You know, not only fires, but increasingly uh, terrible accidents, code purple uh, callouts. You know, when people have heart attacks and things like that, they often get there first. Mm. I mean, they really do an extraordinary job for our community. And frankly, I just don't think they get valued enough. Is the situation, from your point of view, similar to healthcare, where workers are leaving in droves, apparently, to destinations like Australia? Firefighters in Australia earn 40% more. That's huge. It is huge. And yes, that is uh, happening. Uh, and as it is happening across many sectors, but particularly those sectors that are critical to us. And I think, you know, as a country, there needs to be a bit of a reset around how much we value these types of roles uh, and and a reset as a, as across the parties, frankly, 
because you know, some of these issues go beyond just a single government. I obviously am pretty critical around what this lot has done with the money that they've had to spend. But I think there's a broader issue around how we value these sorts of roles in our society. And maybe going through COVID, it has just sort of sharpened our collective appreciation of what they do and maybe given us all pause for thought around, you know, do we value them enough? And I think most of your listeners would suggest we don't, and I would agree with that. I guess we're going to see you and National and other parties standing up, waving flags, telling us how different it will be once we change the government. But let's be realistic. The revenue isn't really there. COVID has absorbed so much of that. How on earth would National make a difference to Fens? Well, you know, when you look at um, a revenue increase to that extent, uh, and also the scale of their capital investment, and for so little to show for it, to me, it comes down to economic uh, competence and how you best manage your procurement and get good uh, you know, value for money. And I know some of that stuff can sound all a bit dry, uh, and some people shake their head and say, you know, sounds like a you know National Party guy. But actually, getting value from the money that you spend on behalf of the taxpayer is a critical skill set. I don't think these guys have that at all. I don't think they know how to procure well. Uh, get good uh, appliances for good value. Uh, And that's what I would bring if I had the privilege of being the Minister of Internal Affairs, would be all over things to make sure that they actually uh, spent their money in a way that delivered uh, for um, uh, firefighters in the wider community. And there just hasn't been that discipline. There hasn't been the feet you know, help to the fire, to excuse the pun, uh, over the last five years. Mm. Jan Taniti, the Minister, being very quiet on this issue, what would you expect from her given the crisis that the firefighters are facing? Well, she's been entirely silent. And every time that I have uh, questioned her, both in the House uh, and publicly, uh, she has either said nothing or said, look, it's an operational matter. Uh, it's nothing to do with me. And that, to me, is just simply not acceptable. We all know she's not going to manage the fire service day by day. But as the minister, you are accountable for saying, tell me what your revenue is going to be this year. How are you best demonstrate to me that you're going to get value for that spend? You're telling me you're going to spend $100 million in capital expenditure. What are you going to get for it? How do I know as a minister that I'm getting an efficient spend for that uh, capital, uh, for that investment? Mm. Or are you just going to take it, you know, you're going to have proper procurement? Is it going to be competitive? Is it not? All those questions that you would just simply expect the minister to ask, I have no confidence that she has been asking them. Uh, that because every time I pose the question to her, she says it's nothing to do with me. Do you know what? It sounds remarkably similar to the line that you hear from the Minister of Health, no crisis here, move on, nothing to see. There's lots of vacancies, but no issue. So do you think they're using the same media communication guidance firm? It just sounds (laughs) so similar, doesn't it? It does. Well, I perhaps need a new one because they're spending a hell of a lot of money in communications and I'm not sure it's working for them. Uh, But uh, in all seriousness, you know, I think, as the country reflects on the direction for next year, there I think will be uh, a, a discussion on sort of a, a competency, basically. Mm. You know, if we've got the competent people here to drive, as you mentioned in your intro, you know, a third of the economy uh, sits on the public service side of the equation. And so that ultimately sits to Cabinet to ensure that they are driving the appropriate, appropriate culture of um, you know efficient and effective investment across that sector, because if you don't, you just get bloated bureaucracy, and you don't get what you know New Zealanders 
Todd Muller, National MP for the Bay of Plenty, with me. So last night, just so you know that I'm not just um, riding some anti-government wagon here, I was on the radio last night and over the period of about four hours, a text was texting me saying, I've called the ambulance, I've now called three, four times. This went on for about three, four hours. The ambulance hadn't yeah. arrived for someone who was critically injured at home. I've called the police to an address in Mount Eden. Uh, there was a domestic violence situation happening. No one turned up. Three calls to 111. Most of us don't realise how bad the situation is until we, A, need to go to hospital, B, need to call a fire engine that has one person or no one on it. Apparently in Porirua today there's hardly anyone available. This is not the New Zealand that we're all paying for with our taxes, is it? No, it's not. It's, it's, look, it's completely unacceptable. Uh, and to have the excuse uh, constantly served up that it's because of COVID and people are off sick, uh, to me, doesn't wash. I mean, we all went through the first COVID lockdown and, you know, your listeners will hold a view as to the appropriateness of that. But we did that. It was very comprehensive. And I think we bought ourselves time as a country to actually get ready for what was clearly going to be the inevitable second wave and third wave and fourth wave that eventually it would reach our shores and uh, and had quite an impact. And we shouldn't have been flying blind because we could see this happening in the rest of the world. But it appears to me, looking back, that we just left, we just sort of sat on our laurels and really didn't prepare uh, for um, you know this eventuality. And so now you find that, of course, those services are under pressure in terms of not everyone being able to turn up on any given day. Uh, but there's been appears to have been no planning in the last 12 to 18 months for this for this eventuality. Mm. Uh, and I'm hearing those sorts of examples, you know, every day. You know, my community in Mangatapu last night had burnouts that went on and on 10.30 at night, 12 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning. The police are stretched. They can't get there. And frankly, when the police turn up, these guys will be juvenile, young guys, and they'll be probably told off, don't do it again, uh, and they'll just go to the next street next Saturday. And yeah. you just get the sense that, you know, frankly, um, as you say, this isn't the country we pay taxes for or expect uh, uh, of each other. You know, yeah, the behaviour no. that, that behavior that's not where it needs to be is doesn't have consequence anymore. No, Todd, thank you so much. Todd Muller, National MP for the Bay of Plenty, fizzing at the bung like we all are with all of the stuff that's going on. It needs to be fixed. You can't keep saying and lying to us and telling us that there's nothing to see here, move on. It's just, I don't know, what are your thoughts? It's, I can't find the right words. It just breaks my heart to see New Zealand in the condition that it's in. It's like a clapped out... Datsun 180B that used to be an Audi Quattro or something. 0800 80 1080 is the number and 9292 is the text. It's the Weekend Collective. It's 9 to 4.